It's time for Toss Pussage, the number one podcast on Podbean. Get your ears out, ladies and gentlemen, from behind those ear holders. Get them ready to rock. It's the only podcast with over 1 million episodes and a perfect one-star rating. And say it again, number one on Podbean. <laughs> Two weeks in the Pussage, Toss Pussage, review it all you want to reviewers. Toss Pussage, Toss Pussage, hop aboard all you want to land cruisers. Kip and Doug are Scott and Jeff. What happened to Scott and Jeff? Good luck finding the bodies detected Velvecchio. A Toss Pussage, Toss Pussage, who wants a podcast with Scott and Jeff? It's not the best. Toss Pussage, Toss Pussage, it's time for the show to begin. The reviews are in. Ah. All right, Doug, it is showtime. Ready to go? One star reviews. One star reviews. We're reading one star reviews. And the new theme song. That was a die Dr. Pepper talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Calling all ears. You are, for some reason, listening to the one star podcast without Scott and Jeff. I'm Kip. And I'm Doug. And uh, you probably heard that little without in there. You know, it used to be with. But now it's without. Yeah, technically, our, our lawyers wanted us to go with without <laughs> instead of with. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Scott and Jeff are uh, could not be with us this week. Uh, nobody really knows what happened to them. Um, we don't need to get into that. You know, people have kind of finally stopped asking us about it, so we probably shouldn't spend too much time on this and kind of. Let the sleeping dog lie. We should yeah. talk about it on the Deep Sleep podcast because it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You don't want to d- d- dive into that at all. Yeah, these two um, missing and presumed dead former podcast hosts. Yeah. Like, it's not that interesting. And, no. I, I, no. you know, they, they keep thinking uh, that you and I are somehow going to make it more interesting. But um, we're sticking to our story because the yeah. story is true and it's so airtight truth needs no adjustments or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah let the sleeping dog lie just the don't uh don't don't talk about it too much i mean uh when i say the sleeping dog of course i'm talking about detective chuck del vecchio down at the station oh yeah he's a what is is he a sheriff a marshal a detective it's hard to tell like sometimes no. he comes by and he acts like a local boy and sometimes he's think like acts like he's got the whole u.s government behind him. yeah he's way out of his uh way out over his skis on this one del vecchio we're not even in his jurisdiction right yeah, he shows up like he's a goddamn yeah. texas ranger or something <laughs> right. messing with the local yeah. authorities who have no problem with us he was born and raised in one of those bedroom communities in Las Vegas. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Anyway, I'm I'm st- I'm glad he stopped making noise, you know. And no, if you're wondering, we don't know what happened to him either. Yeah, they say he disappeared somewhere up in the San Gabriels, up along that old Gabrieleño Trail. I hear yeah. he was going going mule back looking for some cabin. He said. Yeah, and then the hurricane hit. Yeah. And, and uh, nobody's heard from him. No. What no. does he? Do people think that you and I created the hurricane? Right. Right. Come on. I know that's ridiculous. Yeah. And if if you want to solve this thing, you uh, gumshoes out there, <laughs> uh, just go listen to all our podcasts over and over and over. Yeah. We left the clues in there. There's enough yeah. clues in there. Yeah. And <laughs> once you figure it out um listen again but just be careful out there because you wouldn't want the same thing that happened to scott and jeff uh happening to you you know disappearing without a trace yeah well doug this week we've got a huge show huge uh we're talking barbenheimer today whoa we're always four weeks behind (laughs) yes Uh, you know barbenheimer right i believe it's a portmanteau they call it in france i think or on uh, yeah. or on jeopardy categories right yeah around here we just talk about it you know smashing them words together <laughs> yeah oh you talking word smash yeah and you know you know me I, i'm i spent i live for in kentucky for two months <laughs> a lot of people ask me about the accent i'm doug can you explain barbenheimer in a way better way than i just did 
Well, it was uh, two movies who are different in genre and theme. Uh-huh. They couldn't be more different, you right. know. And they right. were released on the same weekend. One was uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie, mm-hmm. and the other one was Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. And the you know juxtaposition of these two movies together created all this buzz. Yeah, it was a magical. Thing. Go back to the theater, and it was impossible to get a IMAX ticket for Oppenheimer for like the first month on a true IMAX screen. And Barbie has made over a billion dollars. So it's been kind of a magical thing, right? Some people were seeing it as like a double feature. Yeah. And there was a lot of discussion about which one you should see first. What did you think? Which Uh, one should you see first? Well, I'm stuck in this weird loop uh, where I'm continually watching them at all times. (laughs) So I, I don't know which one's better. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't even know which one is which anymore. But I, I did see Oppenheimer first, and then I saw uh, Barbie, and I saw Oppenheimer, and then I saw Barbie, and then mm-hmm. I saw Oppenheimer, and then I saw Barbie. Ho- hopefully, they'll be out of theaters soon, because I am going yeah. broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's time to uh, introduce our super special guest today. All right. Let's our extra him. special guest. You're going to love him. He was a writer for Norm MacDonald. Not a big deal. I was a writer on The Daily Show and the legendary Carson. Uh, <laughs> actually, it was the Carson Daily Show. Same thing, though. Anyway, Same thing. Doug Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Here we go. So, Doug, Doug you've been a guest on every episode so far. I know. I'm, I feel so fortunate. But we just, we don't, but we don't know that much about you. You know, yeah, why don't so, you why don't you give us your life story real quick? Well, I think you're going to learn a lot about me from me talking about Barbie. Oh, excellent. OK, yeah, <laughs> maybe a little more than you want. <laughs> All right. Why don't we just get into it then? OK, uh, this is the first section of the show. It's called What You Got, where we tell each other what we got this week's theme. Barbenheimer, Doug, Barbie. What you got? Okay. Here is a review of Barbie from IMDb. Oliver Cubby or Covey, a gentleman, said, one out of 10, not at all what I was expecting. Walked out feeling sick. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And and he says, I get it. It's a Barbie movie. But as a man in my early 20s, <laughs> okay, I was definitely not a man in my early 20s. <laughs> but as a man in my early 20s going with his fiance to see <laughs> this movie, I walked out kind of feeling sick and just preached at the entire movie. Don't get me wrong. I knew this was going to be a movie for the girls, but this movie had me feeling like just because I'm a man, I'm abusive, ornery, controlling, etc., and made men out to be awful good for nothings in every single story and every single male character in the movie. And I don't know about you guys, but I believe in equality, not reverse sexism. Oh. How about you, Kip? Uh, what do you believe in? Um, Equality or, or reverse sexism? I believe, I believe in uh, a higher power. Okay. (laughs) The movie definitely ended with some more heart and ended a little better than I expected it to. But I guess sometimes Hollywood just tries a little too hard. Like, do they just shit on Ken the whole movie? Like, is Ken just kind of like, does he do do they do Ken dirty? Not entirely. Like, Ken does himself dirty. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But I guess, yeah, if you're talking about the screenplay and everything, it has a message. It says the word patriarchy in this movie a lot of times. Okay. Okay. And I happen to agree the patriarchy is bad and a big issue and uh, having the entire world run by all these greedy, power-hungry men is not a great thing. It was strange, but the people who like I didn't feel attacked by right, you know, right because gentleman in his early twenties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to feel and attacked, I think you would have to be like 
assuming that you're Ken in the movie. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit of telling on yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait a second, I like I like being controlling. <laughs> that's right. This was this garbage. <laughs> other people tell me what to do. But I imagine they'll re-release this during, uh, like, right at Thanksgiving to make to remind people, you know, yeah. this is about uh, pushing dolls. We got to get. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be. I imagine yeah. it'll be the highest selling toy of the... start pushing dolls and starting arguments at family dinners. Yeah. Everybody's going to be talking about this. And there were some funny jokes in it, but like overall, it just a lot of it didn't land for me and it just felt very strange the whole thing obviously not the target audience and that's fine and i'm glad a movie like i will say this i'm glad a movie like this is getting made and uh young men and women are hearing this message yeah because okay here's some more i was expecting so much maybe <laughs> i f garrido <laughs> the only thing I like is when Ruth appears and we felt the connection mother daughter and we used to play together mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> the cast was good but the movie is so randomly weird nonsense nothing you would expect from such a cool director okay so this this isn't a, a woke nonsense review but uh, visuals okay but come on it is such a waste of time and money Without Gosling or Robbie, this movie would be one of the worst in history. Whoa. It's, it's probably not a waste of money, what Mattel did here. Oh, no. <laughs> you refer to it as a waste of money doing no, this movie. No, it is definitely. It's, <laughs> we'll no, see it's a waste Christmas his, time. It's a waste of his money, I think <laughs> is what he's saying. Going to the theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of money. All the Barbies I have to buy. Uh... Here's one. Eric McManus. The headline is A Little of Nothing, Plastic, Plastic, Plastic. As most of recent movies and series, it was a mix of many important subjects and theses. Theses, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't go through. <laughs> All were touched superficially and forced. That's forced with a Z. <laughs> Don't understand how it has such a high rate here. Really? The only thing I believe was ejecutin uh executed flawless i think is what he's trying was the movie set the outfits and the choreography otherwise i don't think it concluded any subjects or even really their true point of view it was just a mix of social nowadays must talk without mm -hmm. any sense or logic or concluded point of view was this a, was that i mean i shouldn't ask this was that was a man or a woman i think it was a man yeah yeah, because his wife is probably just writing a review right now that's going, I fucking loved it. This is the best, funniest movie I've ever seen. And he's over on the other computer going like, I didn't get it. I didn't get one thing about it. And then she's back <laughs> over the ground. I hope he got the message. <laughs> right. He right, finally right. got the message and that they were able to drill it into his head. And he's just over there typing and just going like, it didn't make any sense at all. Why were they being mean to the Ken guy? <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Giro wrote uh, about Barbie. Genuinely bad. I'm gutted. <laughs> because this is one of those movies where people got their expectations high, way yeah. super yeah. high. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of buildup and people like, yeah. She got gutted. That other guy, it made him sick. Yeah. Uh, the gangster sitting behind me in the theater screamed out, what the fuck? <laughs> that's a review from someone on letterboxd i wonder what part of the movie it was just the whole time i guess <laughs> yeah, i don't know like like every every other scene what the fuck what the fuck was that what the fuck <laughs> what do you think i'll quickly read a, a positive okay. barbie this is from movies bio on imdb 10 out of 10 greta did it Greta Gerwig, she did it. Broke the ceiling financially for a movie directed by a woman. I like all of her work, and the Barbie theme was a daring one to take on. Mm -hmm. Then again, she created a powerful version of Little Women. 
I also figured if Issa Rae agreed to be in this, there had to be more to it. It was so much funnier than expected. They figured out how to not make a parody of Barbie and Ken. That's no small task. I don't want to give away anything because everyone is going to see themselves in this in another way. Hmm. Clever, thoughtful, and so funny. The actors perform to perfection. There's a lot to unpack in this movie. I want to watch it again. It has all the makings of a classic and a cult film. Okay. I do think it will have like cultural legs, you know, mm-hmm. as a cult, like it'll play and like people will do the Rocky horror thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah dress up and stuff. You're right. Uh, Oppenheimer as well. You know, <laughs> I'm going to dress up. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like Lewis Strauss from the atomic energy commission. <laughs> that suit and those glasses <laughs> standing up in the theater, doing all his lines. <laughs> oh, here's a good one to bridge the gap to you. Okay. Okay. Here's a one out of 10 for Barbie. And the headline is If you want to go to the cinema, choose Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they wanted the Barbie movie to be bigger, like have this great big message for the audience, a whole lot of inspirational stuff. Plot was all over the place because of all this preaching leading nowhere. It's comedy, tragic, musical, hopeful, inspirational, and the list goes on. Just a mess of a roller coaster. The preaching is just cringe and too much. And when you think about it, it gets hypocritical. Only good thing about this movie was Ryan Gosling and his role of Ken. He carried <laughs> the movie. I really identified with Ken. And did outstanding other than that. Don't waste money, energy, time. Like, just don't go at all. <laughs> there are a few of these where it's a guy writing it and they love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> or they're just like, Ken was so, so cool up at the top of the thing. And then at the end, he started respecting the women and he lost me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's comedy, tragic, musical, hopeful, inspirational. And the list goes on. Just a mess of a roller coaster. <laughs> Sounds so positive. Yeah. Right. It sounded like yeah. that start of it was so positive and it was like, this sounds amazing. And then they're like, it's a wreck. You know, I'm sure I'm going to get canceled for my take on Barbie, but yeah. that's all right. Because th- if I get canceled, that means I was someone worth canceling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would uh, care. I would care dude, if you got canceled. Would you care if I was canceled? Uh, no. Will you speak at my cancellation? (laughs) (laughs) Tell my story. That would be funny if the men started doing that. I got canceled, so I'm having a (laughs) having a cancellation. I love you all to attend. Speak. (laughs) What do you think? There are a lot of one star reviews for this. What What are the overall? What is it overall with the numbers? Oh, oh. Well, also, Uh, this is one of those that I imagine gets review bombed. Sure. So by uh, dipshits. Sure. But it's got a 7.4 out of 10, which is respectable. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that there are probably people who are intentionally just coming to give it a one star. The Ben Shapiro's of the world. (laughs) Like. This movie outraged me. <laughs> My Ben Shapiro. <laughs> How well did um, Barbie's doing better than Oppenheimer? I'm guessing at box office, yeah, because Oppenheimer's rated R. That's the well, only that, reason why. Oh, that's huh. weird. Oppenheimer has three hundred eighty-one thousand, and I read them all. But Oppenheimer <laughs> is such a film bro movie, you know? Yeah. Like and film bros are like gonna go vote. <laughs> IMDb, I love this movie. Yeah, you're right. That's true. More like Christopher Nolan and everything he does. The editing. Oh my god, did you see the editing <laughs> in this picture? All right, let's pick a caller. Kip, what you got? Well, the subject of the movie that I'm gonna be talking about today is Robert Oppenheimer. J. That's Robert my, Oppenheimer. That's my um Larry Mantle. What do you think? Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, per- I don't know if anybody else does one. Does anybody else do a Larry Mantle from uh, NPR, NPR Air Talk? And he also does the movie review show on NPR. 
Well, he's he worked specifically for the KPCC, right? Yeah, in Pasadena. Yeah. LA. I saw him. You know, I saw him once. No way. Yeah, I did. I saw him one time. How'd you know it was him? He's a radio personality. I, well, do you want to hear the story or should I save it for the um, for so deep the sleep? Should I save it for the deep sleep? Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but, I saw Oppenheimer. I'm not. Uh, the subject matter of this one is a little bit hard to joke around about. You know, <laughs> so a lot of people kind of feel like uh, Christopher Nolan um missed a few <laughs> sides missed a few sides of the um of the uh of the um of the yeah. story here yeah. you know like he didn't he this movie wasn't like a uh Jerry Bruckheimer uh Noel Emmerich type of a big movie you know where you get right. to see the family in Japan and then you see the you know the the uh, the rock at the top of a building with a helicopter. No, it was know? a biopic. Um, yeah, it would have been cool though. Yeah, if they uh, showed the the rock um, dropping the bombs. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So people, I don't think people knew that when they went in to see the movie. I thought they, I think they thought they were going to see like Armageddon or like some Pearl Harbor type of movie. I know, but the movie's you know called I mean? Oppenheimer. I know, but I think they just thought that was like a cool name for the movie. Hmm. But it was just about this guy. It was a movie about this guy. Yeah. A lot of the one-star reviews are about they're, they're missing some of the stuff. <laughs> this movie's missing some of the stuff, which, of course, uh, he had to focus uh, on Oppenheimer. Right. In this right. Movie about Oppenheimer. Called Oppenheimer. And, and personally... I think it's better left up to uh, Japanese filmmakers to tell that side of the story. Yes. Well, here's Dr. Banerjee, who gives it one star, Oppenheimer, and he says, this is uh, from one of those sites where the people believe that they are actual film critics. Mm -hmm. You know? He says, Oppenheimer, directed by the esteemed Christopher Nolan, explores the life of Dr. Julius Robert Oppenheimer, a pivotal figure in history who played a crucial role in the development of the nuclear bomb during World War II. However, while the film boasts Nolan's visionary storytelling, I find it difficult to celebrate this particular biopic. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to celebrate it. No, I don't think pe people are going to the movie to celebrate it. Yeah, not to, like, confirm that it's uh, everything that happened because of this gentleman is was great. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, here's another one-star review from Cody Lamson, who says, absolutely the worst film I've ever tortured myself to sit through. Oh, wow. All right. We felt we were on a plane with screaming babies the entire time, me and my wife. Okay, what? Why? We saw it on the 70 millimeter IMAX in Providence, and it was beyond unbearably loud. Over 90 dB vocals throughout the entire movie. I'd say at least 75% of the scenes are completely out of focus and looked absolutely awful. I honestly don't think I've watched a movie that looked this bad on any screen in the last 20 years, since when I would use rabbit ears on a tube TV. And also, I've lost my glasses. <laughs> Has anybody seen my glasses? It I'm is funny when you're watching a movie about people who made a great sacrifice in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you're complaining that it's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> it also was pretty blurry. I think they might have sat too close to the screen or something. Uh, it is really... he He mixes his movies... In a way where I have trouble hearing the dialogue, huh. and it's been it's been a problem with all his movies. Huh. Like, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I imagine he knows what he's doing, and I <laughs> <laughs> have trouble hearing uh, yeah. dialogue. I don't know. And then it's he. Then he's got the gets really loud sometimes for no reason, just to wake everybody up in the theater. Huh? Oh yeah. All right, okay. Like the the mix on Dunkirk made sense yeah. uh 
and there wasn't as much dialogue in that one but right you didn't have to give this one the one where everybody's here as this woman uh, re refers to it people talking in rooms you probably don't need to give that the dunkirk treatment right hey why don't you just pull up the presets for dunkirk and let's mix this bad boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah, she says, as for the content of the film, the entire first half is random cutscenes of people talking in rooms. And that is pretty much about what 85% of the movie actually is, is a bunch of wasted time in rooms. What do you think about that, Doug? Uh, I did notice a lot of the locations uh, were rooms. <laughs> she goes, people. <laughs> yeah. People like my wife, who aren't American originally, knew nothing about the people she was watching and who was who. And frankly, it took me the entire movie to get it myself. They couldn't figure out who Albert Einstein was? <laughs> this person just completely confused the whole movie. Can't see anything. It's like bombs going off. Wait, uh, this is the same reviewer? Same reviewer, yeah. yeah. They say, uh, the cinematic scenes that apparently aren't CG were kind of cool but not much better than what many YouTubers put up that I watch regularly. <laughs> uh, that is so weird. Like what? Every single video I've watched this week on YouTube looked a hundred times better than their content. And it's 1000 times more watchable than this mundane, dreary, screaming about nothing, boring, awful movie. So again, their expectations going in must be just super super high action movie want i think it's crazy. action movie but then when they watch a youtube video their expectations mm. must be super super low yeah and then they're amazed this is on youtube <laughs> they go on they say there should have been an hour and a half cut from it <laughs> like to make it the length of a youtube video I it drives me crazy when people complain about how long movies are now. Yeah. Like, yes, I like movies that are economical and are 90 minutes and you're in and out, but like there's so many TV shows where people sit down and watch like eight episodes <laughs> a month with know, so thing. much filler. So much filler. Yeah. So they you're say right. there was maybe three or four okay scenes in the entire movie to me. All new movies are just absolutely awful, I guess. Yeah. And I say, overall, this movie is the biggest waste of time I've ever had for such a monetary investment. Much. <laughs> we drove over an hour to this theater thinking this would be a cool experience. We went to our local credit union and took out a movie ticket loan. <laughs> Go to this film. I think when people leave reviews, these review sites should make them list five films they enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So that we get I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, an idea yes. of what sort of thing they like. This you this should be instituted worldwide. Yes. Okay, here's here's are you ready for the the climax of this review? This review is longer than the movie. <laughs> Uh, so it I've actually sorry I've actually never seen a movie that looked even one quarter as bad at any theater in my life and supposed to be IMAX I saw Venom in fake IMAX 3D in Varna Bulgaria years back and even that looked three times better than this absolute garbage pile of a movie I don't know what's going on with this person but that is a great theater <laughs> That he goes to in Varma, Bulgaria. Oh, in Bulgaria, yeah. That's the best theater theater in in Varma. Yeah, it's not a true IMAX, but it's a yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a great place. When the next Venom comes out, that's where I'll go. Here's here's there's one more thing that they say in this review, which is they're really getting steamed here. The more they write, I know now to never trust the critics, as this was absolutely abysmal. On a 10 scale, I give the contents of this film a 1 out of 10, and the cinematics a 0 .07 out of 10, and the focus a 0 .00000000001 out of 10. <laughs> I wonder if this person read the book that this movie was based on. Oh, I'm sure they did. 
no, if they would like it. Like, oh. Oh, I do, <laughs> did not care for this book of facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. RP says, I have only walked out of two films in my lifetime. You want to oh, try to guess what they are? Oh, well, this one, is he counting this one? This or? is one of them, yeah. So there's one more that he's walked out on in his entire life, RP. Um, Pearl Harbor. Nope. I'll give you three guesses. Um, Oppenheimer and... What What? Uh, what years are we looking at here? Um, I don't know. I think it's probably within the last 10 years. Last okay. five years, maybe. Even. Yeah, last five years. Captain Marvel. No, another good guess. That's, that's guess number two. So I've only walked out of two films in my lifetime. Oppenheimer and... And... Oh... Babylon. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Doug. It's the Lion King live action remake. Oh, well, that one kind of makes sense. <laughs> sure. I've uh, I've only walked out of two films in my lifetime, the Lion King live action remake and Oppenheimer. So, movies. <laughs> this guy hates likes live and... action movies. <laughs> yeah. Here's one from Aaron Miles. Uh, who gave this one star Oppenheimer and said, if you watch the trailer, then there's nothing more to be gained by sitting through three hours of go nowhere exposition. I mean, it's historical. So yeah. like the tra- it, there's no spoilers. <laughs> the trailer could show like everything and people would still go see it. Here's the, here's the, here's the, how they justify this. So they say, They say, uh, this movie had what seemed about 18,000 characters, but who they were or why are they on screen? I couldn't explain to you. It was just an avalanche of scientists and generals talking in circles. Matt Damon's character was the real star of this movie, as far as I could tell. (laughs) He is good. Uh, So my hometown is near Hanford, which was part of the Manhattan Project. Yep. yeah, there's a they, park. There's a park in our hometown called Leslie Groves Park. Huh. And uh, I, my entire life, no idea who Leslie Groves. Wow, that's big, big for Hanford, Doug. When they said Hanford, did you go? Did you stand up and say, "Woo, woo"? Yeah, it's like, Hanford, <laughs> go Falcons. <laughs> that was the Hanford High School. <laughs> and then the uh, Richland was the Bombers. Yeah, Richland was the Bombers. And their mascot was an R that had a big mushroom cloud coming out of it. Yeah, controversial, Matt. Yeah, uh, logo. It was on their Letterman's jackets and stuff. Yeah. The interesting logo. Um, Here's a one-star review from Marcus Maceo, who says, I, like many others, fell for the high critique and praise for this movie, but I'm going to be straight with everyone and tell you that this movie is a complete snooze fest. Literally. I fell asleep halfway through and had to be woken up by my wife because I was snoring. Not loud enough for this guy. <laughs> I, if I'm tired, I don't go to the movies. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how much of this has to do with how tired he was. Anything? No, and I think you just get to a certain age where you fall asleep at the movie theater. <laughs> that person has probably reached that age. Oh, and they just don't know it yet. They're yeah. on the cusp. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's got to happen to every man one day, doesn't it? No, you've probably like been at home watching TV with your parents and you look over and they're like both <laughs> sleep like all the time. Always. Every time I look over. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking to them, you're having a conversation, you look over and they're sleeping. Yeah. At the dinner table <laughs> or wherever. They're, they're driving, you're in the passenger seat. <laughs> You look over and like, oh, Jesus! Now's not the time for a nap. Yeah, yeah, and like, you know, I can fall asleep watching TV too. It's one of life's great pleasures. <laughs> okay, here's a a a j j says uh, gives it one star and says first movie review. Absolute cash grab. 
totally overhyped one of Wait. the most boring <laughs> a cash grab oh yeah hey uh lionsgate i don't know who the fuck made this movie warner brothers whatever uh i got want to make some money <laughs> do i have the project for you biopic about a scientist <laughs> <laughs> a cash grab and everybody else in it is also scientists <laughs> and everyone already knows the ending there's absolutely no suspense whatsoever that's hilarious a cash grab <laughs> uh, no it is like that's the most amazing magic trick of the movie is that it's this fucking successful yeah um, do you want to hear the rest of this guy's review? Cash this grab. is the, so it takes a little bit of a turn here. Um, after he talks about the cash grab, he says. Then he says. Then he, this these are his complaints about the movie. Here he goes. He goes. The acting was top notch. That's all. There was no nuke dropped. Just a tiny hand grenade that went off in a desert, and that's all you got for the action. <laughs> a video of me dropping a log in the toilet would have been more exciting. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I disagree too. And I've seen them both. One <laughs> yeah, uses CGI. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is another guy that thought he was going to watch an action movie about the bombing. Right. Yeah. This guy's like, when's a bomb going off? You know what well, I mean? What's the explosions? <laughs> so, and then I thought, you know, it's, it's probably good to give a positive one. Here's a positive one. Here's a five star. Is, uh, this guy says, a ridiculous achievement in filmmaking, absurdly, an absurdly immersive and heart-pounding experience. Cillian Murphy is fucking stud, and RDJ will be a frontrunner for Best Supporting Actor, Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, Ludwig Goransson put his entire nutsack into that score, coupled with a sound design that made me feel like I took a bomb to the chest. All right. Right? So some people liked it. Some people liked it. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I would say most people. Yeah. But RLB1405 did not his review for this epic movie. Cool idea. Very long, however. <laughs> Ask me, Doug, what I thought of Oppenheimer. What did you think of Oppenheimer? Cool idea. Cool idea. <laughs> cool idea. That's what that guy's review was. Very uh, odd. Uh, this one just says, horrible. I hate Colin Murray. He is gross. Colin Murray? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know who that is? Ian Murphy? <laughs> I can, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, it must be. Here's, here's one from IMDb that says, Chernobyl on Max is a thousand times better than this scam of a movie. <laughs> uh, which, uh... I mean... Yes, they both have radiation. As <laughs> you gotta, you gotta compare them. Yes, but like they are not <laughs> the same movie or like same begging to be that. compared. Uh, perfect uh. example of false advertising. <laughs> what? Okay. Movie Casual 2002 says this movie was prob great, but I got a traumatic phone call in the middle of it, and I will forever hate this movie now. Uh, and what did you guys think about Oppenheimer? Uh, good, cool idea. You know, prob great. I wonder if you could do the reverse where you know a film critic's watching your movie and you, mm. give, you call them and give them incredibly good news during the movie. <laughs> yes, that would work. You have to keep up the ruse of the good news until the review has been submitted and published. <laughs> That would be hard. Uh, and then this one says, this is from Frederica, who gives a well, one half star and says, fell asleep twice. Half a star because he's hot. Yeah. You know, because this movie, she was going to see a movie about the sex symbol, Robert Oppenheimer. Sure. And then she ended up being bored because it wasn't as sexy as uh, she was led to believe based on the people talking about all the hot Oppenheimer nude scenes. Which oh, there yeah. were probably too many of. There's what, two or three? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing to put in that movie. A lot I, of people had a problem with that. <laughs> there used to be way more nude scenes in movies, though. So, like, we got to bring them back. Steaming hot scientist sex. 
I went to see this movie on opening day, says Bob Georgia. The theater was empty except for a four-year-old child going with his grandpa. The grandpa kept drinking out of my Sprite cup, and he finished it before the trailers had ended. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see myself doing that when I'm a grandpa. <laughs> drinking somebody else's drink the whole time. I, this guy, this guy knows that this little hole right here is for my drink, not his drink, right? my hands around it he's still drinking out of it what do i do it's the movie's fault anyway i heard teenagers behind me call me op and heinz ketchup hey check out this guy op and heinz ketchup <laughs> it's not like learn to bully you know this person gives it one star and says shit was ass and that one was from peter travers of rolling stone <laughs> so i'll end it on that one doug i mean you can't say it any it, better than that. Shit was ass. Doug, that's all the Alpenheimer I got. Yeah, I would say us doing this podcast is very similar to the hard work that J. Robert Oppenheimer put mm. in to make the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels. Our podcast, just as disastrous to the world. <laughs> yeah, if this thing ever gets out, man, it's we're donezo. The atmosphere could ignite <laughs> uh well we know most of you uh out there are just here for this it's finally time for the break doug people love the break it's kind of like letterman's top 10 list you know dave's got the top 10 we've got the break hit it gang they're in the studio today successful break you are listening to the one star podcast without scott and jeff, jeff, a, lot jeff, of, jeff, jeff. a lot of people ask who the one star is i'm me yeah it's I, i'd say it's debatable but I, I, I i'm leaning towards you we'll leave it up to the listeners to decide <laughs> i just want to real quick they've done such good stuff for us you know over the whole time we do in this podcast our uh, main sponsor uh, sherwin williams paint sherwin williams ask us about our new coil and extrusion colors today so, i don't know i think that has something to do with like metal or covering things in metal huh. or something sherwin williams and toss plissage like listening to paint dry so thanks again to those sherwin williams.com backslash the one star podcast without scott and jeff you have to type that whole thing out if it doesn't work. <laughs> it means you typed it wrong. I'm just, and uh, Ben, feel free to, well, I'm doing it right now, just cruise on over to the Sherwin-Williams uh, website just for fun. Take a look. A lot of action going on there. You know, it's, it's a, some people are calling this website kind of a rival to Netflix. Yeah, it was. You know, uh, it's a great website. Uh, the, the designer is world famous. Let me just click on the... Uh, uh, products by industry here high performance metal coatings a coil and extrusion coatings okay our metal paint color palette is nothing short of monumental if you're searching for specific sherwin williams coil coating metal coating system color you'll find it here in the fluoropian continuum all right well yeah, so thanks great. again sherwin williams making bear look silly <laughs> That's a fresh schedule, ladies and gentlemen. The most refreshing soda pop in the history of soda pops. Is that a light soda? Yeah, zero calories, Kip. It's what always been. It? Has it always been zero calories? Yeah. It was like the first first one, right? That was like really broke through. 
Well, I don't know. I, I think Tab might have been first. Oh, yeah, that could be it. But I, yeah, I, I don't know how long this... It says established 1966 right on the can here. This is actually would be a great topic for our other podcast. The Deep Sleep? Yeah, The Deep Sleep. Do you guys know? Do you want to tell the people about the other podcast? Yeah, where we take an eight-hour deep dive into a very shallow topic <laughs> so you could get a good night's rest. Yeah. Doug, I've got some pretty big Tospassage news for you. Um, you know the guy that does the reviews, the sleeping guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he, everybody watches his stuff, right? He did reviewed our podcast. Oh, yeah. awesome. The sleeping guy reviewed our podcast. He gave it a perfect rating. He said he fell asleep within one second. Nice. It's like based on... Um, how quickly he falls asleep, mm-hmm. the kind of quality of sleep. Right. You know, um, and sometimes he gets into like, if he had dreams about it or anything like that. Yeah. And but, sometimes uh, the uh, outside influences, like if you leave a TV on during a nap, you start dreaming about whatever's on the TV. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to our podcast while you're dreaming, you'll have just the most incredibly boring dream. <laughs> which is kind of fun about Dolph sweet <laughs> and fresca and fresca tease it tease it but yeah anyway this guy fell asleep within like the first minute of the show so i don't know we're doing I mean, our this, job this uh this could be our big breakthrough podcast i think on the scott and jeff podcasting network if we become the thing that puts everybody to sleep you know this could be pretty huge i I have some news for you, Kip. The whole population of the U.S. is already asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And they ain't waking up anytime soon, I can tell you that much. The the sheep, the sheeple. The sheep are asleep. (laughs) Your Rush Limbaugh type of character. They're uh, Doug Limbaugh. Rush you know, they, son. they say that when you fall asleep, it's uh, you're supposed to count sheep, but the <laughs> sheep are asleep. So how does that work? Huh? All right, we're gonna take a caller. <laughs> I would definitely listen to that podcast. Well, Doug, what's week this week, Doug? What's um, you got any one star reviews from your uh, life going on this week? Yes. So I have to go give. Not give blood, but have blood taken. Take blood. Yeah. So. Um, Harvest yeah. blood. So they could do labs. Yeah, okay. You know, on my blood. Sure. And these days, what they do is as soon as the blood has gone through the lab, they send you a link to, huh. to the tests, you know, so you could look at them yourself. Yeah. Before a doctor has even seen them. <laughs> That's weird. And I don't think it's a great system <laughs> no. because one of the tests was for kidney function mm-hmm. and it was the only one, all my other numbers looked real solid, except for yeah. this kidney function one that yeah. basically led me to believe my kidneys were failing. Wow. And so you looked up uh, the number and stuff and what it meant online. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, you, you're, you have kidney disease. Wow. And had any uh, other doctors mentioned that before? No, you know, so I spent uh five days with this waiting for my phone appointment. Oh, Jesus, which Christ. is when are they gonna start charging for phone appointments? It's only a matter of time, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah. then uh, my doctor told me, Oh, yeah, that number can get messed up sometimes. We just actually look at your creat- creatinine number, <laughs> and those are solid, and so yeah, there's no issue. Oh, that's great, Doug. That's great news. No, it's great news, but uh, don't look at your lab results. Just wait to talk to the doctor because you're not going to do anything until then anyway. It's fun. I, you know, I like, I like my doctors. I don't really care for the, uh, all the other people that you have to talk to that don't help you. It's like that Onion video about the Prague airport. The cop <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the shenanigans you yeah. have to go through just to like, I don't know, get a primary care physician. It's ridiculous. It's so confusing. Business Week magazine released.
released its annual air travelers report this week with Prague's Franz Kafka International Airport ranking last in customer satisfaction due to long flight delays, poor service, and an overall oppressive impersonal atmosphere. The report found the average delay at Franz Kafka International is 31 hours longer than the next worst airport. We spoke to several American travelers who reported spending weeks and in some cases months waiting for flights. I asked the ticket person what gate my flight was at and they said that the airline I was flying didn't exist and everyone keeps calling me S. The airport was also cited as difficult to navigate with a list of complaints including curbside shuttle services which loop around the airport before depositing passengers back at their starting point and extremely long corridors leading to dead ends. Gate B2 is next to gate B11 and gate B14 is in the F terminal. Business Week also rated Franz Kafka International among the worst airports in terms of customer service, calling the employees, quote, completely indifferent to travelers' needs. If there is a problem, fill out complaint form and place it in an envelope addressed to the name of the hospital in which you were born. In response to the ranking, the airport added a public address system in an attempt to clear up any confusion. Departures arriving early and arrivals landing late may be canceled or delayed without a prior notice. The airport also created a toll-free customer service helpline. But when our reporters called the number this week, they found it connected them to a hat store in Stuttgart. Travelers also report being frustrated by the airport's unusual security procedure, which includes a time-consuming personal interview. The security guard asked me for like 80 minutes, are you who you say you are? Are you who you say you are? And finally... He writes liar in the back of my hand and lets me pass. Airport officials say the complaints are unfounded. All problems are travelers' own. If you only make certain to properly follow proper protocols, no such problems would exist. Properly follow proper protocols. The nearby Dostoevsky Hotel also received low marks from the passengers, a large number of whom checked in due to a flight delay and ended up murdering another guest at the hotel. Coming up, a new medical report warns getting screened for cancer is a leading cause of finding out you have cancer. <laughs> What else? What else, Doug? What else? Anything else? What else we got? Yeah, what else? What else? What else we got? It's time for what else we got, Doug. Yeah. What else you got? Okay, here's some five-star reviews for Ziploc sandwich and snack bags for (laughs) on-the-go freshness, grip and seal technology. Yes. Easier grip, open and close, 90 count from Amazon.com. Okay. John, five stars, excellent brand name quality. Maybe worse for environment, but your sandwich or whatever will be in thick enough bag with a very strong squeeze closing. <laughs> Just couldn't resist writing that review for a Ziploc <laughs> bag, which everyone knows what a Ziploc bag is and what it does. And here's one, a very lengthy review for a Ziploc bag, which everyone knows what it is. Uh, Pat M gives it five stars. Could be your mom. We like these bags because they are easier to open compared to other brand name bags. The top flaps are shaped so that you don't have to struggle to open the zip top. This is the second time I've ordered them, and both times the box got squashed in shipping. It didn't harm the bag, so I was okay with that. I just had to put them in a different box that I already had. What a life. What a life. Woo! (laughs) Hey, dude. I got it all figured out. I am not joking around here. That very easily could be my mom. (laughs) She talks about Ziploc bags all the time. She (laughs) saves the boxes. She has this one box that has all the different sizes in it and one box that fits in a drawer where you just pull each of the different sizes out. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah, you got to get it dialed in the older you get. Ziploc bags are a very important part of her life. Here's in the fog gives it five stars says very handy. Great to have on hand for little storage projects. Hmm. <laughs> you got any little storage projects coming up, Doug? I don't actually. Yeah. You can carry um, around any little bird seed or some like uh, loose screws yeah. or anything. No, there's nothing I really need to store. That's that small. That just can't be stored on its own. Yeah. I need a know? big, I need big storage. I need like a big, like a storage unit or something. And here's Does someone Ziploc make those. They're 5,000 gallon bags. <laughs> um, Joy Angstrom, who is just so very special and unique, uh, says, I use these bags for so many different things. 
I don't use them for sandwiches, but I'm sure they would be fine. I buy these uh, Ziploc bags. I go right up to the register. I tell them, guess what? Not for sandwiches. It's a robbery. Put all the money in the cash register in this little Ziploc bag. (laughs) (laughs) And the final one here is by a Vine voice whose name is Precise Disarray. Probably Hmm. not the real name. (laughs) Perfectly good pressure zip storage baggies. The price was good, and I needed more baggies as I was getting low. (laughs) Okay. Like you're running out of gas on the freeway in a bad part of town. I think I think she means getting low on on bags, not like getting low as in depressed. Or as in the dance. Low, 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 low. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say I'm getting low. <laughs> I don't make special trips to the store. All right, Kip? Okay. Yeah. Gotta go to the store. They ask people ask me to all the time and I refuse. Yeah, I don't go to the store just to get one thing. No, 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 no. What I do is I make somebody in a warehouse find that for me, put it in a box, put that box on a fucking plane, and then then deliver it to me over a thousand miles. I don't make special trips to the store that's uh, six blocks away. So if I have enough stuff to simply order from online, I do so. I think I had added these to a subscribe and save order for best pricing. Go on. This brand never disappoints me, though I also have success with cheapy brands. Go on. Depends on where I am at when I decide to buy more. Five stars, not because they are necessarily better than others, but because they are as, as expected in terms of quality and performance. I like the slightly larger tab. I do, go on. I do feel like I get a better grip and better locked closure you feel. Go, go on. How much longer is it? Her, no, that's it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kip, what else you got? Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask you about the cheapy brand. Uh, you know, shop and lock, yeah, lock Target bag. brand or whatever. I gotta say though, man, there, there are some really frustrating bad Ziploc bags out there still. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There are some cheap ones that are very difficult to open once you close them. Or the slide ones where like either way you slide them, it's still closed. Or it's or just slides right off the end and you never see it again. You're sliding too fast. Yeah. So, you know, I get the brand loyalty with Ziploc bags. Yeah. It's Doug, like how one. are you on Ziploc bags? You getting low? Oh, low, 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 low. <laughs> Yeah, that's what low. that song's about you know the feeling you get when your battery gets down to about 10 percent or so you know yeah. like what if i end up i could i could end i could die tonight that's I know. how i feel when i get down to 10 ziploc bags have you ever been in the situation where you've just like pre-made about 15 sandwiches <laughs> yeah you look in the drawer and you're like oh shit <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're making a special trip yeah, you got to avoid the special trip at all costs. All right, Kip, what else you got? Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, here's one. Here's one. This is this is a review. You know, it's not actually a review. That's why I put this in uh, anything else. It should Just be to be clear, you said this was for anything else. This is actually what else you got. And, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, just want, I don't want our listener to think sorry. the show's ending <laughs> mercifully you know right now <laughs> okay sorry i saved this for what else you got yeah well, thank you it's not exactly a review okay you know it's that part of the the review site where the people ask each other questions <laughs> without any experts answering the questions usually so this <laughs> one's from julina corona this is about dave and busters <laughs> <laughs> okay. she says did dnb change out their buffalo sauce <laughs> and then hernan says not that i'm aware of Oh, thank you. And then yeah, they would have let me know. <laughs> so, and then Erica says, "I did not have any of their buffalo sauce." Oh, well, that's helpful. Thanks, Erica. And then she says, "She says I did not have any of their buffalo sauce. Have you tried calling them or ask your server? Just a thought." <laughs> that is a good. That's actually right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could use someone else other than these anonymous people on the internet. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, Erica really put a button on this conversation. So I was going to see what else Erica was into. 
Oh, good, good. I like Erica is a local guide level six, Doug. Level six. Can you, if you can believe it, at the fiefdom of Dave and Busters, she has 2,152 contributions. And guess how many followers she has, Doug? Eight. Zero. (laughs) That's hard to do because most people, if they had zero, they would follow themselves or force their husband to follow them or something. Right, right. Yeah. Right? So she's got 36 reviews in Anaheim and six reviews about bacon. <laughs> okay. A little bit about Erica. She's four weeks ago, she reviewed uh, Anthem Oil in the city of Orange. And then she reviewed uh, the Anaheim Hills Business Center. So she's got real exciting stuff going yeah. on here. No, Here's anytime her... I have to go to the business center, I'm, I, I want to make sure it's a good one. <laughs> here she's a uh, uh, reviewing costco yeah well, uh, i want to hear that you know this about me right doug that i'm uh, from kirkland washington hell yeah dog that's the only reason i like you yeah yeah it's the home of costco you know that first costco was just churning out dudes like me a dollar fifty with a slice of pizza i wonder if that's a good way, way i could get into uh dating it besides these apps where they just have me on display at Costco. <laughs> yeah, you'd get all the sample ladies, man. <laughs> um, so here's here's Erica reviewing. And this one comes with a picture. She's reviewing Posh Hair Lounge. And she gives them four out of five stars and says, I love my new Bob haircut. Thank you to Shannon and Kelsey. Next on my list is highlights. That's oh. a good one. She got a nice Bob here. I got a picture we can share. She didn't want to do it all at once. The highlights. No, no, I guess that maybe there wasn't, she didn't book enough time or something, you know, and the the two, the ladies were just like, I bet we could get this lady to come back again and she'll pay us again for highlights. Do you know how much women spend on haircuts? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's hundreds of dollars, right? It's an obscene amount. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even talk about it. They don't even tell us. They don't even tell us how much they cost. It's just like a normal thing of them going about their lives they have to pay four hundred dollars yeah and sometimes they have to wait for like six months like the second you're done with your haircut they have book you for your next haircut right yeah like a dentist appointment yeah yeah oh thanks for that reminder right after my dentist appointment that i have an appointment (laughs) in eight months i'll remember that um here's just a sampling of a few of her reviews because i like erica Um, here's one for rapids express car wash Five stars. They are awesome. Sign up for text messaging and receive a few car washes for your birthday. Here, you know, you know what I like to do on my birthday. Wash your car? Yeah, I love it. Man, that's the best present a guy could ever get. Dude, I I washed my car right before the hurricane. Just a genius level (laughs) move. Knew the hurricane was coming still. Nature's car wash, they call it. (laughs) The hurricane. Um, here's one for uh, that she wrote for Okayama Kobo Bakery and Cafe. Five stars. So many choices. When in doubt, buy some croissants. <laughs> uh, here's one she asked for Jack in the Box. Four stars for Jack in the Box. Four stars for the food. Four stars for service. And guess how much for atmosphere? Four stars for atmosphere. At Jack in the Box. <laughs> you know, you go to... Jack in the box. What do you go there for the food, Doug, or for the atmosphere? Uh, here's here's one. This is a great one. This is one of my favorite reviews of hers. She reviews Taco Bell. This is her first possibly negative review. So she says, I ordered two nacho fries with nacho cheese, a taco, a chicken quesadilla, and a Dr. Pepper. Yet I thought I ordered a cheesy Fiesta potato. I checked my past order on the app. It looks like I never ordered it. Ah, so that's her fault. She's writing a review about herself. Yeah, so she, but then she admits it in the review that it was her fault. I'm glad people are finally talking about this review from Erica. Because none of the other podcasts are, they're all afraid to talk about it. True. But that's, uh, that's, that's what else I got about Erica. Okay. What about you, Doug? What else you got? Well, I just want to say one thing before we get to anything else. Okay. Several million episodes ago, mm-hmm. I read a review about Burger King, and it was the Burger King that was uh, underneath the like Sunset Bridge. Sure. Yeah. Been to that one. Due to our uh, coverage 
of their reviews. They have now closed. <laughs> oh, no. Or yeah. just put somebody else out of business again. The hard-hitting journalism we did here. And <laughs> it was a five-star review that I read from there because it was the guy who enjoys having his special luncheons. So goodbye, Burger King. Oh, we tried to save him, Doug. You tried to save him single-handedly. Kip, do you uh, have anything else? I don't. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything have, else? I sure don't. No. Ooh, we might be done, Doug. Oh, thank God. We might be done. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank uh, yourself. You know, I listen to these guided meditations, and they always, at the end, say, and just, you know, extend a thank you to yourself for taking time for yourself today. And that's what I want to say to our listeners. There's nothing more relaxing than listening to Kip and I drone on. If you would, please go ahead and find us and rate us on your favorite reviewing site and make sure to give us one star and one star only. You understand? Like it or hate it, you gotta rate it one star. Doug? And be sure to visit us at tosswasage.com and email us tosswasage at gmail.com. Be the first to email us ever in the history of the show and you will receive a transcript of episode four, signed, autographed, <laughs> by Kip, Doug, Scott, and Jeff. Okay? Ooh. Not Del Vecchio. We know you have a lot of uh, choices in the podcast landscape. So if you don't like this one, why don't you try a different podcast? <laughs> You're welcome. All right. You'll be hearing from us. Ear art. And now, a special sneak preview of the Deep Sleep Podcast from the Scott and Jeff Podcasting Network. Here's a little highlight from the eight-hour story about when Kip met NPR personality Larry Mantle. How'd you know it was him? He's a radio personality. I, well, do you want to hear the story? I was walking past him and I heard the voice. I didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, that's amazing. Looked at this guy, saw him, listened to him, continued to talk. I went away from him, looked on my phone, and matched the picture of what he looks like, and it was the guy. What a creep. <laughs> we dare you to stay awake during this podcast. Hey,